On today's show, how does someone from Edmonton cheer for the Calgary Flames? Councillor Walsh joins us to explain. Also, Town Council has big plans this year for the land south of the multiplex. And finally, we solve party politics here in Alberta. This is Penhold Talk Radio. And welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us again this week. I am Brian Constantine, and I am joined again by my co-host, Michael Rowland. Hello, hello. Good to see you're feeling better. Oh, all better. And, back and, to normal. <laughs> and the rest of the household. Yes. Apparently, mm-hmm. you, you got you got it all out of the way and then done with now. Burned it out in about a week, maybe a little over a week, and we're all, all good. All good. Excellent. All right. Um, right off the top, um, we usually try to get, get the, the local news out of the way first. Um and just kind of, like I said, little public service announcement. If you're listening to this on the day of release, so on Saturday, uh, March 19th, uh, just bring your attention that, that Penhold Citizens on Patrol is doing a bottle drive. You probably got one of these flyers on your door this yeah, week. Yeah, well, we were all sick, so we were inside. I opened the front door, and I'm pretty sure it had been there for a few days. But yeah, <laughs> we had the door hanger hanging there. Yeah, you, you, you pierced your, your uh, plastic curtain on there. You got <laughs> yeah. hazmat, hey, it was just a cold. We didn't have COVID. <laughs> okay. We're, we're okay. Um, so March 19th, they got the, the, the bottle drive uh, for Penhold Citizens on Patrol up at the Multiplex. Uh, you can also go on Penhold Happenings page. Uh, they got posts there where you can find the phone number if you need a, a pickup. But I just want to bring your attention to that. Um, and also, in, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll get uh, Councillor Cunningham on uh, to talk more about uh, citizens on patrol and their, their work to, to help make the town a little bit safer. Yeah, it'd be good to learn a little more about that. But this week, this week we do have a special guest. We do have Councillor Mike Walsh with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. No uh, let's get this out of the way. Um, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna ask um, uh, Councillor Mueller this, and now that you sit here, I think I know the answer. Who's taller? Oh, it's not even close. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah. is second, though, isn't he? Yeah, he would I think be. be second. Yeah. I was gonna ask him that too. I forgot, yeah. but yeah, no, <laughs> you're you're the only one I've had to kind of adjust the mic for. Yeah. Raise it up. <laughs> so, it was always great seeing the pictures or videos of the councillors, you oh, standing yeah. there. And then when when Sanchez was on council, you and Sanchez were like the two extremes yeah. of the height difference. And I used to tease her a lot. Do you, do you need a little booster seat? Do you need a pillow kind of thing to yeah. see over the over the table? But yeah. Now you say that there's a bit of irony because for like the last, what, two years at council, you've, you and Councillor Ham have been sitting at if you will, the, the, the children's table off That's the right, side. The little kids table. They kicked <laughs> us out. COVID, COVID forced us to spread out. So they added two uh, quite small little tables to the end of the council <laughs> oh, table, no. which is like a horseshoe if you haven't seen it before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were, you know, our six feet spread out. And yeah, for two years, maybe a little bit more, I've been on the end. And um, actually just this past Monday, the mayor was in Edmonton at a, at a conference. Oh, okay, so yeah. I, I chaired the meeting for him. So I sat at the Whoa. big table in the mayor's seat. But it was nice to be back around the table and everyone else was around the table. So we're just, we're grateful to, to be getting back to normal and, and, you know, done with these restrictions and mandates. And, oh, yeah. It feels so good to walk in. on. Yeah. It feels so good to walk in the IGA and not have to check the pockets for that, yeah. for that mask. Yeah. No signs <laughs> up or, yeah. you know, and, and the staff, wherever you went, it's, I felt bad for them. You know, it, it's not a position that any one of them wanted to do, but no. You know, here we are mm-hmm. and knocking on wood that we're never going back. So <laughs> that, that is the goal. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Yes. So yeah, back at the big table. Um, we'll get to council. Uh, some some things that happened at council meeting uh, in a little bit. But first, uh, let's get a little bit of background on on Councillor Walsh here. So again, uh, looking through your bio, at least what you've publicly put out there, um, I haven't I haven't saw any private investigators or anything like that. So nothing nothing you haven't already released. But we'll just just, get a little just bit the deeper. typical Facebook stalking. Yeah, yeah. Facebook stalking. If I wasn't elected, Facebook would be gone. <laughs> it's become an evil place to hang out. I, but anyway, you, yeah, yeah, that's that's where that's where the, the game is played, though. Yeah. If you're in politics, that's now, right. right. Um, so on on your on your page, and and we are Facebook friends. Yes. So so I do have a little bit more insight on this. Your your hometown is listed as Edmonton. So that's I'm assuming that's where you're born. I, I was. Or did I, you actually grow up there too a little bit? Uh, I spent half, maybe not quite half my life there. I was born in Rimby. Oh, born in Rio. Okay. Uh, uh, my parents lived in a small little hamlet, Tomahawk, um, which is where my my Baba and my Guido lived. So we were close <laughs> to my mom's parents. Um, and small hamlet, uh, maybe population of 80, uh, one gas station. <laughs> uh, my Guido owned the bar at one time, and then he owned uh, the store, the grocery store, the everything store. This is it. Oh, this is all <laughs> in Tomahawk. All in Tomahawk. Um of course, a butcher, uh, rural Alberta, you need a butcher nearby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was a hardware store, a um, couple churches, went to school there, uh, preschool through grade three, and then my parents separated, and that's when I moved to the city with my mom and uh, my two brothers. So by the city, you're referring to, to Edmonton. Edmonton now, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, stayed there from, well, we moved around a lot, but mainly Edmonton until the end of junior high, and then I, I went back to Tomahawk with my dad and went to high school in Drayton Valley. Yeah, yeah. Um, going pretty quick here, but uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, went to Red Year College. Um, wanted to be a grade six teacher. I don't know why. Just wanted to be grade six. So, so, had, but yeah, that teacher thing. So, has that been there for like? Is that like when if I, if I, someone found a picture in grade one with like what you want to do when you grew up? Would they oh, find no, teacher? I, or when when did the, no, when did the teacher thing not. come in? I, you know, I honestly wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Okay, yeah. Uh, radio or TV, not really made out for TV, but <laughs> uh, it's what I really wanted to do. But um, as I went through high school, I realized Nate was far more competitive than what I was willing to do for high school. So um, worked hard enough to get into into teaching. I had coached kids baseball for quite a few years, and I, I mean, I love kids, so that just seemed like a natural fit. So did a couple years here at RDC and then just, no, I don't think grade six, sort of that upper elementary, early junior high was was for me. So I transferred to U of A and uh, went into secondary to be a high school mm -hmm. teacher. Mm -hmm. So about half my life in the city and uh, I could never go back. <laughs> never go back <laughs> no, to the teacher. Never, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, okay, so but a lot of back and forth there. Yeah, I was looking at, I was looking at, when I saw Tomahawk, I had to, of course, go look that up. Yep. So that, that's uh, about 24 kilometers northeast of Drayton Valley. Yeah. So I guess you had a pretty good bus ride for high school then. Yeah. Um, used to get on, uh, the bus used to go past my house and down one of the range roads. Uh, <laughs> seems like everything around didn't come back, right? So that would be at like uh, 6.40 something. And that was my cue to get out of the bed because the house would oh, shake. I'd wow. hear the bus. And I would, I had it timed. I had eight minutes to get out of bed, <laughs> get my stuff, get ready to go and be at the end of the driveway. Um, so it was just before seven or so. 
Wow. I'd get on the bus and didn't get to school until, you know, 8.15, 8.20. Yeah. That is an early uh, morning. Spent a lot of time sleeping on the bus. Um, and then going home, we actually, uh, you know, it was after five. Easily yeah. Oh, by the time yeah. we got home. So it makes for a long day for long day. a high school kid. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have, you didn't have smartphones. Like at both, and best, I'm thinking you might've had the possibility of a Game Boy. Yeah. That's game, about all, you, all, that all the electronics. All yeah, but yeah, yeah. Game Boys and... <laughs> The bus driver would put on the radio and depending on where we were, the FM would cut in and out and yeah. yeah. And there'd be the fight on the bus. Are we, are we listening to hip hop? Are we on the country station? Are we on the rock station? And so finally the bus driver, oh, we got to just rotate. I think he finally settled on a, on a weekly basis. We'd rotate the music nice. on the bus, but lots of head bobs smashing your head into the window from sleeping, but uh, yeah, that's that's a significant. Uh, yeah, so 24, 24, I got twenty four kilometers northeast of Drayton Valley, and about eighty kilometers west southwest of Edmonton. Just so people know where that is. So basically, in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh, would explain why there's so many, really, so many amenities for such a small place. Like yeah. a place of that population, typically does not have really anything. Anything. Yeah. But when you get that far out, you start having to provide those services. Yeah. The uh, so yeah. Whenever I see something strange or unique like someone living in Tomahawk I have to go look it up a little bit and curious about that so yeah so the last census they're, they're up to 113 okay. in the population yeah um apparently there there's 59 private buildings on there um and then Wikipedia kindly provides notable individuals from Tomahawk oh, okay. all right so they list two okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry you're not one no, of them not yet I'll try yet. I, 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 <laughs> well, I, yeah we'll go back in we'll and edit that. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently there is a, a, Canadian, a progressive conservative MLA from there from 71 to 79, Rudolph Rusty Zander. Mm, okay. So he, so yeah, an MLA and then Beth, Beth Bieda, she was a, a big brother contestant, uh, on the Canadian, on the Canadian version in season nine, apparently. Wow. That's there's, there's Tomahawk. Fame yeah. to claim right there. Yeah, being he, on big brother, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll work on getting Mike Walsh town counselor on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so we, so we've gone, we've gone to RDC for a couple of years yep. or up to U of A. Um, I want to keep the Edmonton thing in mind because I got questions about sports later on. Sure. And then, <laughs> um, what brings you down to Red Deer and then finally into Penhold? Yeah. So I started teaching in February, 2006 in Athabasca. Uh, I had subbed one day before that in Spruce Grove and that was just an experience um, but got fortunate, got hired in Athabasca at the high school, um, beginning a second term, and I met my future wife there. And after two and a half years or so, she just said to me, Mike, I've had enough of being in the middle of nowhere. Um, so <laughs> Athabasca, you know, hour and a half, two hours north of Edmonton. Yep. Uh, you know, middle of nowhere, very outdoorsy kind of place. Yeah. And I mean, we like to be outdoors and camp and whatever, but... Not like that. <laughs> yeah, um, a little more closer. So she she said, I'm leaving and you're either coming or you're not. <laughs> so we started looking for jobs and uh, she got hired at Red Deer College actually for uh, teaching early learning and childcare. So sort of like the daycare, day home kind of program. Yeah. And my job actually is I got hired just over here down the street at uh, Penhold. It wasn't elementary then, but just Penhold School. Okay. Uh, for grade nine humanities and grade seven. Uh, social studies and then uh, I think the school at that time was grades four to nine and so I taught all the tech except for grade six so I saw pretty much the whole school throughout the week 
Um, and then another school in Chinook's Edge, Poplar Ridge, um, oh, yeah. um, was downsizing. So one of their teachers was coming here, mm-hmm. but I got very fortunate that, uh, Innisfil middle school had a position and I applied and I interviewed and, and the rest is history. I've been there ever since. So, yeah. Oh, when I taught here, um, Lucina would have been the furthest street North on that side of town. Yeah. So, so the school would have been. Yeah. Right on the edge of town, yeah, essentially. Right on the edge, you know, yeah. Boudelier would have been there, but everything else, no multiplex, no hawkers. Yeah. Um, and the town was very different then. And, and we're just yeah. talking, what, 2008, something like that? 2008? 2008, 2009. Yeah, like, like we're not, yeah. this isn't, that doesn't sound that long ago. Yeah, no. like doubled, the town has doubled in size since then, right? It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> um, so, I, 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 okay, two thoughts. Uh, it seems knowing your wife, Jen, she her personality hasn't changed. No. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I resonate with the story you tell. Yeah. And then, um, how did, how did, how prepared were you to get into the classroom out of college? Did you, I, I imagine there's one of those things it's just, it's just one of those transitions. There's like the theoretical and then the practical when you have, you know, 20 to 30 kids, perhaps more depending on government funding at the time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, 23 kids in front of you day in, day out, like that's, that's gotta be uh, a different experience than just the, the theory. Oh, it, so different. Um, and my practicums, um, so at U of A, uh, you do two practicums. Uh, my third year practicum, I was, uh, in the West end of Edmonton at a it was in an upper middle class neighborhood of Edmonton. Mm. So very different uh, demographics mm. yep. and uh, socioeconomical background. Yeah, that'd be nothing um, like your small town n- Athabasca n- Nothing school. like <laughs> Athabasca or Innisfail or Penhold. Um, you know, uh, professional parents across the board, you know, really no issues. So it, it was very easy. And then my fourth year practicum, I was at J. Percy Page High School in Edmonton, um, which is in Mill Woods. So as a white Caucasian man, I was a minority as a teacher. Even, right. Right. So uh, lots of Asian teachers, mm, yep. um, black teachers, uh, yeah, yeah. East Indian teachers. Um, but the kids are primarily uh, from the Middle East somewhere. Because um, that, that's where they sort of live in Edmonton is sort of in that Mill Woods area. Yeah. Uh, and my mentor teacher was uh, basically an options teacher. So he did all the computers. He did a class of cooking. Uh so again, very different because options is not the same as core subjects. You know, these kids come in and, and the thing about high school options is, especially computers, if kids can come in and do the modules, they can rack up credits pretty fast, mm-hmm. right? So you get a good mix of students in there. And often what I found in Athabasca, mm-hmm. the kids who really needed credits to graduate, guess where they go? Go take some computer classes because you can, I mean, in a month, they could have yeah. three, four credits easily. Right. If, if they just wanted to put in the work. So very different. And then you're not truly prepared um, <laughs> coming out of university for what, what an actual classroom is like. Yeah. So um, again, in Athabasca, though, I taught a lot of the, I did all the computers and then I, I taught online, uh, some core subjects online, oh, yeah. which was different. Some of the smaller schools around um, Athabasca didn't have teachers for certain subjects. Oh, so yeah. we would video, oh. com- I, Mike, here's Mr. Mike Walsh. And I'm standing in front of a camera and trying to teach social 30 to kids <laughs> hundred kilometers away. Um, and they would snail mail the work in at that time, right? Yeah, they would sure. come on the courier and like, yeah. so just, just different. You're, you're never truly ready. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've really tried to help, uh, students. Uh, I don't know, four, four or five years in a row, I've got student teachers coming. 
And my main goal is you just got to be in front of the kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As yeah. soon as you're ready to be the teacher, I'm going to sit back and let you take over because you need to be prepared for what it's really like. Yeah. Because the university is, I mean, textbooks don't teach you for how kids really behave. No, so. no. Well, I think that's yeah. pretty universal to most yeah. students coming out of university for any career. And just most of us don't have to then get thrown in front of a group of students yeah. and and have all of our insecurities show. Yeah. It's as a teacher, like <laughs> every everybody comes out of university into a job and it's like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. But when you're doing that in front of a bunch of kids, that's got to be even more intimidating. You got you got you really got to be comfortable with yourself and confident in who you are and and just figure out the strategies that work. Yeah. That not really always for you, but for the kids because the kids change all the time, right? And it's yeah. easier for one person to change and adapt than to try to change 30, 12 or 13 year olds. Right. So. Yeah. So I guess you're in yeah, when you're a teacher, like you're, you're always, you're getting a constant performance review. Eh? <laughs> oh, every day, every day. Feedback yeah. on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, so you mentioned uh, you're, you're married now to Jen. Uh, how long? Oh boy. Oh, no. 2009. Well, we'll cut this in so you like. Boom. 2009. <laughs> uh, 2009. Got married in 2009. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, three kids by your bio. Three boys. So yeah. uh, Jen had Josh when she was uh, much younger, way before I met her. Um, yeah. He's 27 now. Um, he's a military vet. He did six years in the service as a medic in the, in the Air Force. And yeah, Jen, Jen is very proud. He, very yeah. proud. Facebook, yeah. Facebook yeah. If you know my wife, there's yeah. always the pictures. <laughs> and then great. actually just this past couple of years, he's, he's been going through the training of uh, Edmonton police service and he's oh. just graduated. So he's on his, uh, I don't know, he's on practicum Man, basically yeah, driving he's... around now, no more classroom stuff. So <laughs> yeah, talk um, about a shift from theory to class. Yeah, they, uh... <laughs> just, just really proud of him. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a different way to serve, not something I could do. Um, but great young man. And then of course we've got the two other boys, uh, Micah, who just turned 11 and Jonah's nine, almost 10. And, uh, they teach me something about life every day. (laughs) Um, just, and, and about how boys fight in world war three. And, (laughs) (laughs) and if you've been driving over on Henderson Crescent, uh, Jonah is the little guy who's got the Ukraine flag out there right now. Right. Yeah. yeah, I saw, saw some pictures or, or boo Russia or whatever he's got going on there. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we'll get to the politics soon. <laughs> I get to see it's yeah, gonna start at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we uh, just a little bit more on this teacher thing because I think it's come interesting angles. Um, and so you're also a basketball coach. So yeah. that, I guess I guess that just kind of flows out of the the, the idea of of, want, of of loving to be around kids and 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 helping out kids. As you said, you're a baseball coach. The other curious one I want to know about is how this fingernail thing comes about. <laughs> and if you're not if you're not familiar with this, it seems every three or four months it seems you post on Facebook a picture of your hands yeah. on a desk or something like that, yeah. and they're you got fingernails painted. What? How did that get started? And and what is there, is there is there some sort of criteria that they have to complete to in order to get to that? Well, uh, where, where does that where does fingernail painting come into the the, the teacher education component? <laughs> well, it actually started like several years ago, um, and there were there was one young lady. I don't know if I was teaching grade seven or eight at the time, but you know, a lot of going through a lot of things in her life, and 
um, contemplating a lot of things and just not in a good place. And, and uh, junior high is really about relationships. Um, they're, they won't buy into what you're selling them and whether it's teaching or just trying to talk them through some of these issues, unless you have that relationship. And, uh, she would regularly change the color of her fingernails. And just one day, just knowing she needed to talk to somebody and get some things out, I said, you want to stay in and paint my nails? <laughs> and so that just wow. opened the door to letting her talk about some of the things she was going through. And it kind of just went from there. Um, leading into like last year, um, there was a list on the, on the wall, <laughs> a sheet of loose leaf, and the girls would write their names and the date. So every week, I think last year, I changed my fingernail color and it's just <laughs> about the girls. They bring the nail polish. I don't, I don't care what color it is. And then we take a picture and it's on Instagram and they have the picture or it goes on my Facebook. And uh, this year the girls are not as into it, which is <laughs> fine by me, but it's all about building relationships and, yeah. and just being able to talk to kids in a, in a different way. And that's the same about basketball. Um, uh, when I taught over here, Jay Steves just, he told me as the vice principal, you're going to help me coach. I knew nothing about basketball. I'm not even a real big basketball fan, to be honest with you. <laughs> you got but the height going for you. Got though. the height going for me, and that's the thing. <laughs> Do you like basketball? No, no, I've never played actually. And so, uh, Jay taught me a lot about coaching. But you get to see these kids that you're working with in a classroom in a different environment. Yeah. And when you build that relationship as coach player, it just moves into the classroom. And I mean, I can get more out of them in the classroom when when it's Mr. Walsh, the basketball coach, yeah, not yeah. just the teacher. So. I always tell the young or inexperienced teachers, if you have a chance to, to coach or do anything extracurricular, I highly recommend it because mm -hmm. it's just another way to build that relationship with the kids. Yeah, just it's just that one more layer of uh, yeah. depth to, to, to that relationship. Um, no, that, that's, that's very cool. Uh, so let's, let's continue with the sports theme for a moment. Um, so you've said you, you've made at least a couple of different stints in Edmonton. And you kind of grew up around that area, and yet uh, I don't think it's 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 a, it's a, a secret that, that you're you're a pretty passionate Flames fan. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. We we don't talk about that other team. The other team, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the other team that shall not be named. That's right. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where did that come about? Is that is that just is that uh, out of some sort of vengeance for, for Edmonton or, or something else? No. So a couple of things. So one, when I was still out in Tomahawk, um, you know, the Oilers and the Bruins were meeting in the Stanley cup finals. And so when we played street hockey, one team was always the Oilers and the other team was always the Bruins. And I got stuck <laughs> on the Bruins, which made me think, well, I don't like the Oilers maybe just because of that, but I really wasn't into like, we didn't get to watch hockey. You know, it was what one game a week would have been hockey night in Canada. Sure, yeah if the antenna would hold up for you and whatever. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so then when my parents got divorced and I moved to the city, um, you know, a couple of years into that, my, my stepdad was a huge Maple Leafs fan. Okay. And, uh, you know, in the late eighties and early nineties, the Maple Leafs were, <laughs> oh, were really terrible. Yeah. Um, and, and so times were a little bit different then we had hockey night in Canada, but we had the weekly game on TSN, which at that time was always Toronto. It just, TSN's based from, from there. So it just made yeah. sense. So I just remember one night I was forced to watch the Maple Leafs first, the flames and the flames were pretty good and the Leafs were not And the final score was like 13 to three or something like this or <laughs> very one-sided for like the, the flames. Kind right? of yeah. Idea, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I just thought, 
well, I can stick it to my stepdad now. So I'm going to cheer for the flames. <laughs> and ever since that day, I've cheered uh-huh. for the flames. Um, uh, I have a real hatred towards uh, the Oilers. Um, I think it's hilarious that they got two of the best players in the world and they are wasting them away. Um, but I, I will cheer for all things Calgary, the Stampeders, you know, uh, maybe even the Hitman over the Rebels, um, yeah. the Flames for sure. But yeah, I have I have no time for Edmonton sports teams. Let's just say that. <laughs> there, there, there is the hot take. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's that's gonna be the that's gonna be the clip part. Could there. cost yeah. me an election. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to broaden that out if you want you want to go provincial politics. I guess. <laughs> uh, no, let's say yeah, I think I, I think for a lot of people there's there's a, some sort of backstory. There's a reason why yeah. they're connected with with some teams. Yeah, for me it was my grandparents. Why I'm with the yeah. Leafs? I've, I've I think I've been to Toronto once in my life. But yeah, it was, it was the grandparents. Um, but no, that's, that's interesting. Um, all right. So, uh, all right. So what do they, what are the chances, uh, that, what do you think, or what do you peg their chances at this year for, for like a really Stanley cup run? Cause they, they, they're, I can't, I haven't looked at the standings for them. I follow the Leafs obviously, but are they, are they top in the West right now? Or are they probably a little bit behind Colorado? They're behind maybe? Colorado. Yeah. Um, but they're starting to pull away in their division. Yes. Uh, and they've, they've still played less games. Um, they rattled off, what, 11 in a row? 10 yeah, in a row? They, something like they that. They had won several Just in recently. A row. But, you know, they're still behind games and they're, they're 11 points ahead of Edmonton starting today. <laughs> uh, it just happened. And, and yeah. the, the best team in my mind was going to be Vegas. And they're, I mean, Vegas is not so good this year and really banged up. So, I mean, the stars are kind of aligning and uh, they've, they've got a man behind the bench who I think has just, Turn that ship right around in, in Daryl Sutter. How, I, how many times has he come back and saved this team? Yeah. It, it's in, well, it's I keep saying, give him crazy. a life contract. He should never be allowed to die until we're putting dirt on his cast, uh, you know, uh, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think right now today they are the best Canadian team. Yeah. Um, I think the, the style they play will allow them to be successful in playoffs. Um, but you yeah. never, you never uh, know what no. can happen. No, really the first round of the Stanley cup playoffs. I don't know if there's a better, uh, sport or playoff in any, anywhere. Yeah. Um, cause it's usually so close and so competitive. Uh, and if you can come out of the first round, I think you have any one of the eight teams that would be left. You have a legit chance of, oh, yeah. of going I, somewhere. I so. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think out of the West, yeah, I think the stiffest competition is going to be Colorado. Yeah. Um, my Leafs have a just a nightmare of a time trying to get out of the East. We like in our in in the Leafs division. Yeah. Not only do they have the Boston, not only do they have Boston, they have Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Those are those Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning. I think are the top two in the East at the two, moment. Two of the top teams. Yeah. And and uh, and Tampa has on top of that like the best goalie in the world. Yeah, uh, and Toronto's a little soft there right now. Um, <laughs> that, that's saying it nicely. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, we have a team that can put up like six goals because we yep. need to. Yep. <laughs> We're playing the old Edmonton style. The old Edmonton hockey. Fire wagon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If, we, if we can get six goals a game, we're, we should be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it's, it's, I was, I was really optimistic last year with the Leafs. We had a, a much easier run in, 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 at least in theory, uh, in, in the first or in through the playoffs, but those, those uh, Canadians um, last year really did us in. And yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the Leafs coming out. 
I, yeah, I don't I'm, mind I'm, that at all, Brian. I got to tell you. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, yeah, I got to say the Flames. The Flames are, are would be would not be a, a bad bet to to make it uh, to the finals. So maybe uh, maybe that's where we'll set up. We'll let's do this. If if the Flames are in the finals, we'll we'll have to we'll do a show. Back. We'll have to do yeah. a live show. From your basement or something oh like that, eh? Not during game day, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll be in the back corner doing color commentary on yeah. you watching the game. <laughs> there, there, there was a time where, where Jen wouldn't allow the boys to come in the basement uh, if, the, if the flames were on. But I've mellowed quite a bit because Jonah now is right into hockey and he, he's got to be there. And, and so I've learned to control myself just a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. playoffs are a different story. <laughs> yeah. Goes from from maybe from a PG level to like yeah, PG yeah, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're kicking it up a little bit. Uh, that's cool. All right, and now let's uh, let's touch on the last uh, last part of this this kind of opening segment, counselor. So you are uh, as it stands the longest serving counselor. Um, you are you are a three term counselor. Uh, let's start off. How do you feel about term limits? <laughs> No. Uh, well, well, honestly, uh, I mean, I think there could be a place for them, but um, I think I, it must have been the show The West Wing, and I don't know if you ever oh, watched yeah. it, but being yeah. a political nerd, I've watched that thing. Um, there was an episode about something about term limits, and, and to me, elections are term limits. Yeah, if, sure. if people are not happy with, with a counselor or a mayor or the premier or the MLA or whoever, um, there, there's always a time frame given and there will be an election within so long yep. and that is your opportunity to to vote for someone new or someone different or yep. or keep the same people coming back um just very blessed um the town has been quite responsive to some of the things i've campaigned on um it was a little scary this last time <laughs> um because the first two times i came first um and and that is the thing like i i don't just run you to, you, you campaign I, pretty hard I, I campaign to win yeah um i i want to be first not that it really matters because at the end of the day it's still just one vote yeah but when we got to i don't know three or four down the list and i'm thinking <laughs> where's mike walsh's name <laughs> those sean's really took a oh, commanding sean Cranenberg, was... like wow <laughs> And we were talking about it before the before the results came in, and we knew there was I, I can't even remember the total number. And I'm thinking, well, could someone get seventy percent here? And I'm thinking that's not even possible. But <laughs> yeah. lo and behold, <laughs> yeah. Councillor Cranenberg, and and good for him. You know, he's he's been in the community a long time, and and he represents our town uh, just in just an amazing guy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but we're happy to be back at the table, and and we'll see what happens. Uh, so, um, so okay. So that was in 2013. How long has the has the politics been part of your uh, life, so to speak? When, what was and what's been the attraction to actually step into then the pol or, or the the public eye? Yeah, I don't know if I, before moving to Penhold, so we would have moved here in 2012. But I mean, I, I started paying a lot more attention uh, coming out of university. Uh, Ralph Klein was still the premier. Uh, there was an election coming, and he started um, giving out Ralph bucks because the election was coming and he paid off my Alberta student loan. So from that point on, I started paying attention to the PC party of Alberta and just uh, not involved, but just followed. And then we moved here and, uh, you know, the town was going through, um, I don't know, uh, issues. There was quite a group of people that were very upset with the council and thought that things were being run poorly. Mm. 
And if you've been here a long time, you know, um, <laughs> we had the signs going up over there by the fast gas. Um, yep. and so there was a rally there one night, um, in his, in his yard. And so I went, I just wanted to hear and, you know, I, I don't know if I believed everything, but I was okay with, you know, let's have someone come in and, you know, do some report, do an investigation. If, if enough people are saying, let's make this up, let's do it. Yep. Um, it did a lot of damage to the town. Um, it divided people. It divided the community. Um, there was no trust in the staff. Um, and so when, you know, I'm not, I didn't see all that happening, but that first election was pretty easy to campaign. <laughs> um, just time for change and let's get some new eyes and new voices in there. Um, and then the results of the investigation and all that come in and, you know, the town is actually doing what it was supposed to be doing and there's the money is where it's supposed to be and all, in all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we, we had to sort of put it back together and, and council had a quite a changeover, I think at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, Cause yeah, even, even now, like from 2000, yeah, I guess 2013, yeah, I don't remember 13 so much, but yeah, in, in 17 to 21, it's almost all the same. Yeah. So yeah, so it must have yeah. been a big change from, from, from 12 to 13, and then 13 to 17 also yeah. saw a big... Yeah, a so in 2013, we had a new mayor and I think yeah. four or five new councillors. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and just kind of went from there. So yeah, so that, it's, it's interesting because given how much or how involved you are, not just in municipal politics, but even now you've kind of branched into... Uh, the, the provincial side of things. Yep. Um, it's surprising to hear that. It's, it's kind of a fairly recent yep. thing that's kind of captured your attention. Yep. Um, and a lot of that yeah. provincial stuff too, like getting involved, like I, I can give a big shout out to to our former mayor, Dennis Cooper. Like he he asked me if I wanted to go one time and I don't know who, <laughs> who was coming to speak. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And man, it was it just captivated me. And, yeah. and so I got involved in the PC party there too. So yeah, there, there, there is certainly, I, I can, I can understand the draw of the energy that, that these political events rally. Yeah. Like if, if someone has never been to one of these things, like it's, you have people in there that like, this is all they do and think about yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's, there is something when someone is that dedicated towards, towards, I don't care what it is. There's, there's an attraction. Like I'll be watching YouTube videos on something I have no concern about, but the guy who's, who's doing whatever he's doing, he's like master at it. Yeah. There's something attractive to yeah. that. And, and, and yeah, you get put, put someone in, put yourself in a room full of these political wonks and, and pundits yeah. and, and, and just that, that passion, energy, it, it's, it, there's a, there's a pull to it. I'm not the only geek in the room. You know? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm normal. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So let's, let's stick with local, let's, let's stick with local politics for now. We'll, we'll perhaps branch out. Um, now I, I try to get on and, and watch, uh, the, the council meetings, but, uh, this week it totally flashed through my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I totally forgot. Um, and so, yeah, you guys, uh, I didn't have my hard hitting questions for you this week. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I, I didn't mind. I was in the big chair, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I missed that. And then I, I would have seen everyone at the big table even. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been cool. Um, but anyways, so nonetheless, council did, and there's no chickens on, on the, on, on the docket this time. So I guess maybe that's, maybe that's why. Ch chickens have been decided. It's done. It's if over. You chickens, We're go to the town, that. start the application. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Yeah, time time to move on. Let's that go. That discussion has Let's been going be for a while. Yeah. Um, 
But another another kind of interesting development um, that council's kind of been working on is this community hub uh, project. And um, over the, or I guess uh, at the council meeting, and then even today as, as of this recording, um, the town has put out notices uh, and, and um, put out an article talking about this community hub project. And basically this is the, the, the uh, council's plan for the land that exists south of uh, the multiplex and, and the school there. Um, so basically the land between the multiplex and the ball diamond slash the, yep. the, the pump track. And so um, what, what, what's the, what is the uh, overall plan for that? And kind of what's the timeline that's going on? First of all, maybe what was what? What did council decide at this last council meeting yep. to go forward with? So this has actually been in the works for like probably my first term. We we started putting some plans together, and then we'd revisit, and the plan would change, and <laughs> and it's always been dependent on funds. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, um, I mean, we could we could decide to do big projects like that anytime, but I don't think we want big tax increases either. So. Yeah. Um, we, we were really, really fortunate. We had a private donor step up and give a significant amount of money. Um, and then, uh, we got a matching grant from the federal government. So, and we had some money put away. So, you know, it's about a million and a half dollars. Um, we got to relocate the ball diamond or the, um, soccer pitches a little bit because mm -hmm. also there's the announcement of the new school that's going to yeah. come. So the school yeah. will share the bus loop. Right. Um, and so south of where the new school will be, we'll have the soccer field and there's another soccer field. Um, there's another ball diamond, which will be to the east of the current one. Mm -hmm. um, some gravel trails, hopefully some paved trails throughout, uh, a bridge across one of the ponds. And then sort of in the middle of it all, um, we're going to do a gazebo and like an outdoor area where we could host, well, anything outdoor festivals, yeah. concerts, music thing, whatever. And then, you know, there's a, a washroom or a wash house right, right there beside yeah. it. So, um, you know, in the beginning, eight, nine years ago, it was really about just sports recreation. And now it's more encompassing, um, like a center of a town where we can hold events right there. So yeah. we're, we're really excited. Um, it's gone out to tender. Um, and the plan is to have this thing done this year. Really? So we're, you know, uh, I, I've talked about it for an awful long time. I, I truly believe, um, and I said this at council the other night, um, the multiplex allowed our town to grow residentially. Mm -hmm. This will allow us to grow residentially because it's just more recreational uh, opportunities for people to do different things, more things. Um, and, and people want that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. So if, if you're interested in in seeing this, I'll put links up uh, at uh, Um It's also if you go to the town pay or the um, town of Pendle's website and then look at the council package from the last uh, last meeting, they actually got I don't know what like nine or ten photos of what this will eventually look like. And so yeah, around those kind of two um, ponds that are on the, the east side there, you have walking paths around it. And just to the west of the ponds, you're gonna have a gazebo kind of central to that and then spreading out from that, yeah. you'll have soccer uh, soccer pitches, you'll have a couple of ball diamonds. Um, and and it in the gazebo right in the middle. And I, I when I when I look at it, 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 it just rem it, there's something nostalgic about it. Yeah. Like it, it, it conjures back images of of like m old movies where where like 
things were happening at the gazebo in the middle of town, right? Yeah. 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 That's kind of the just or the kind of the, the the feel that I get when I'm when I'm seeing it and, and the and the possibilities of it. Um, so yeah, and it, it doesn't it it doesn't it looks appropriate. It, it's, it's it doesn't look overly ambitious. It, yeah. It's not trying to do something yeah. incredible. But it, it looks like it, 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 it'll be a, a, just a, a wonderful little community spot where I can, I can see that gazebo being used every weekend through All the, the summer, summer. Yep. Um, for, for whatever. And then it's going to be a, like a 40-foot gazebo. So this is going to be a significant Big. one. Yeah, yep. so this is uh, that's, that's really going to be a, a hub for it and a, thus community hub yep. uh, project. It's really going to be a, a central spot for, for outdoor gatherings, just as maybe the multiplex is for more yep. of the indoor stuff. Um, yeah, no, so the plan is to get that uh yeah. completed this we, year we've eh? got the budget we've got the funds wow the tender's going That's out cool. let's let's be ready to go for when we can move the dirt and been seeing these plans since i first <laughs> yeah. moved here and An awful all sorts time. of plans coming yeah. and first they built on the high school then they added they just kept adding and adding you added the rv campground there and all sorts of stuff and it's just great to see it yeah. kind of finally come to full fruition yeah. where you've got the full yeah. hub there yeah, and then so so that'll be done. Hopefully, it'll be done this year. Um, it was just announced a couple of weeks ago that there's funding for the design process, at least for a new Penhold Elementary School, which is going to be on the um, just directly south of the um, the bus loop there. So just directly adjacent to the to the high school. Yep. And that'll be replacing the one from the west side, right? That's right. Yeah, at least it's, yeah. it's a replacement. It's school a replacement for that school. because that school is. It's old, old and it's run its time yeah. and it's close to the tracks and, <laughs> you know, it, it's not an ideal place. And like anything, buildings get old and yeah. their their lifespan gets yeah. to the end. So, um, I mean, this this is exciting times, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Penhold Crossing is still new. Yeah, um, that was only But have, being able ago. to have our children start in preschool, um, wherever that is, it could be multiple, wherever, but then kindergarten and Jesse Duncan all the way through Penn X and grade 12, like just, you know, like yeah. five, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. Nope. Yeah. Right. So it, it's just, and, and young families, which is primarily our community, yep. they want their kids to be able to stay close to home and, and get their education. So yeah. um, kudos to, uh, to Chinook's edge for, for all their advocacy work and, and keeping the replacement school at the top of their priority list. Um, I mean, Chinook's Edge has some pretty fast-growing communities within it, uh, Sylvan Lake and down south Didsbury, Carstairs. Um, but Penhold continued to remain at the top of the list. And yeah. Well, just seeing the number of students in this town, like you, yeah. you see something like Jesse Duncan when they had to move in portable, multiple portables into that place just to facilitate the kids. Mm -hmm. Like you started when, what was it, kindergarten to grade three at one, when, I think when we moved here, it was kindergarten to grade three. And then at one point they dropped it down to kindergarten grade one, didn't they? Yeah, K to we, one or K to two, and the rest like were the, coming over. Yeah, over they, they to had the to shuffle the kids and, around to the other schools just yep. to accommodate the sizes because it was just a massive influx of kids, and it's and a, and not you know Penn X and and the new elementary school not just built for population today, right? Having enough capacity yeah. that we can continue to grow. Yeah, so. Yeah, so so it looks like the new school is probably still two, three years away. I'd say two, three so, years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, an article I was looking at. So they're in the design phase now. Um, so that usually takes six to twelve months, and then hopefully the usual process is next year they would get the funding for the building of it, yep. and therefore it would be built. So like I said, so this year we'll, uh, hopefully we get the hub in there, 
and then uh the next year or the year after that, you'd have a brand new school in there. And that, yeah, that's, 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 that's going to be the central the location. Central and then, of our area of town. And, and, and then you 10 years, 10 years down the road, 15 down, years down the road with the annex land, like it's, it's, it's it really, really will be yeah, the center it's, of it's town, right? Out, so, yeah. yeah. No, that's, 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 yeah, I think, I think there has to be some, that, that level of ambition, at least something that, that you can look forward to in, in a community. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I, I, at least for me, this is does uh, a tremendous job of doing that. Uh, oh, the last thing before we get or move on from this, there's also uh, in in the in your in the council package, there's a suggested name location name for this. So right now, uh, at least uh, at least temporarily, the name is Platinum Jubilee Common. Now I'm assuming this is kind of connected to the Queen. Yeah, that would be my guess. So I, we actually had a subcommittee, an ad hoc committee. Um, the mayor and a couple councillors sat on it um, and then worked with other people, obviously. But that's the name that sort of has been pitched right now. Um, we're not in any rush to name it. Um, I don't know if we'll look for input from the that's, community. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, right? if, if, um, if, you're, if you guys yeah. are interested in hearing yeah. maybe the public's opinion on what kind yeah. of what name to, to put on there or something like that. Yeah. I, I think we're open to anything right now. Um, we got a long time to go before yeah. we have to worry about that. So yeah, but but if uh, people filled your inbox with with name suggestions, that wouldn't be a bad thing. No, send me an email, <laughs> find me a messenger, send me on a Facebook, whatever. Text yep. me, call me. All right, so yeah, so right now the, the kind of the, yeah the the the, the, whole, the placeholder name is Platinum Jubilee Common, yep. and yeah, so initially I was a little leery of it. Uh, I'm still not com completely sold, but at least I think the connection is with the Queen. So at least there's something there. Yeah, it just felt like a very common yeah. very just generic name of sort for something but uh no all right so yeah so if, if 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 you think you can improve upon that uh send send counselor walsh an email yeah. or, or any of the counselors <laughs> <Anyone>. yeah yeah <laughs> um and yeah who knows maybe maybe you'll your your name will be will be will be etched in in the legacy of penhold uh <laughs> for, for the community hub all right Enough, enough safe talk. Let's go. Let's go. Let's let's uh, let's push in a little bit on on maybe a little more controversy here. Um, so there is a recent by-election up in Fort McMurray. Um, so the MLA who was running, who who had won the seat last time in 2019, I think it was the last provincial election. Um, she dropped. You know, she she left her seat to run federally and, and won, and so that opened up an inch there a by-election. And it's right, wouldn't you happen to know, in the, 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 the hometown of Brian Jean. Um, <laughs> and if that, if you need a little bit familiar, Brian Jean um, was the leader of the Wild Rose Party. I, 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 he was never premier, though, was he? Never. I never thought, yeah. I, I always think of him as, as prominent enough to be the premier, but he never, never got that top spot. Um, but it was under, it was Brian Jean and... Um, Jason Kenney that that merged the uh, PC party and the Wild Rose party into now the United Conservative Party, which the United is a little bit more of a quotation at this point, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> uh, jump in whenever you feel like you're comfortable. Hey, you're, to <laughs> you're doing great here, Brian. <laughs> um, so Fort Mac just had had their by-election, and so Brian Jean ran in it. He had left politics essentially. Uh, in 2018, I think, if I recall, and so he's back now after after four years, and this was a landslide. Um, 
probably even even by Fort Mac standards. Uh, I, I didn't go back and look at the history, but Brian Jean got sixty three point six percent of the vote. NDP got seventeen, uh, the next closest. So this was this is a this is a cakewalk. Very one sided. <laughs> um, but then the probably the most interesting part is that Brian Jean was really running on a campaign to oust Jason Kenney. Yeah. Um. Do you have? How do you? How do you think that that's going to play out going forward? Now, like I, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a campaign like that, where you're running in a party on the promise to oust the leader of that party. <laughs> yeah, who who cares what the party lines are on anything? I, okay. I just want the leader out. Yeah, and so yeah, the larger <laughs> larger question, which maybe you can bleed into, is uh, there's been uh, a number of people, um, particularly uh, even the councillors have, have mentioned it. But this whole party politics thing, and you you look at what how much um, public dissension is going on uh, within the quote United Conservative Party, and uh, is that the kind of a genuine kind of a uh, conversation that you want instead of this kind of lock tight rah rah behind the leader kind of conversation? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, how 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 are, how are you as as a member uh, of the UCP processing this? Well, I uh, um, so I think uh, I think the premier has failed Albertans in, in a lot of ways, um, not just COVID, um, um, but he still is the premier. And and I will say this too, um, I certainly would not have wanted to be the government during the pandemic. Um, because, <laughs> no. because no matter where we were in the world, um, the governments did, you know, somewhat similar or very different, but the results were pretty much the same everywhere. Um, so there, there really wasn't a right way or what people would say is the right way to, mm -hmm. to deal with the, the virus. Um, so, you know, I, what's interesting to me is. Prior to the by-election, um, the premier or the caucus or the party, whoever, removed two MLAs who wanted leadership reviews and, and wanted to vote, you know, wanted the party to vote, uh, the caucus to vote on, yep. on removing the leader. And they were removed. But in this situation, you have um, the runner-up in the UCP leadership race yep. running to run against Jason Kenney to have him voted out, which is uh, April 9th in Red Deer. Yep. Uh, and UCP members um, have the opportunity to vote for, do they approve of Jason Kenney or not? Yeah. So they, yeah, uh, that's not, yeah. So yeah, April 9th, they have the, the leadership vote happening in Red Deer. Yep. Um, now, even he, obviously he wants to get over 50%. And even if he gets <laughs> under, that doesn't mean he has to step down, correct? Right. So, but, but obviously if you're, the leader and less than half the people really want to follow you. And there's going to be some pressure there. Yeah. So he, I, I mean, Jason Kenney is a masterful campaigner, um, but he has set the standard very low. He set the bar low. He, he's been asked several times, you know, uh, and it goes back to before the parties came together, there was some uh, premiers, uh, PC leaders, uh, premiers of Alberta who had leadership reviews that were, you know, mid to high seventies approval. And they still, 
or ousted or, yeah. or stepped down or whatever happened, right? Yep. And, and, and Premier Kenny is saying, well, in a democracy, it's 50 plus 1% <laughs> and that's approval. So he, he, he's really lowered the standard. Um, it, it, I mean, politics in this province have been a mess for two years. Uh, maybe it's because I live in Alberta and I'm pretty active and I'm involved, but I don't, I don't see another province that has been as divided. Um, and it starts with our leaders. Um, the previous council, we had wrote several letters um, to the premier. Um, and wherever you are in the political spectrum, it doesn't matter to me right now. Um, I truly believe that Kenny needed uh, Miss Notley at the COVID table. Yeah, yeah, just on a larger, just, large, just, on the, yeah, on the, yeah right? just to speak to that, yeah, just on, a, on on just a larger topic than just leader and than just Kenny, but yeah, the, the 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 whole approach to these COVID measures, for me, it has been it's been, um, I think I've said before, I'm quoting from another article, it's it's been mandates through press conference, and and it's been done all kind of in house. There's been very little public and and uh, very little. Um, uh, seems like oversight. Like when I look in the states, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing Dr. Fauci being grilled by the 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 Congress all the time. Yeah. Up here, we just don't have that kind of public no. forum and pressure to put on yeah. these public officials. And and so yeah, I think it, I think there it would have been at least at least optically, if nothing else, let's let's. Yeah, talking about party politics, but it's just let's let's pretend we can actually work together on this issue. If there's going to be any issue at all yeah. that we can work together, yeah. and at least sit at the table, we might not all agree, but let's try to get at least uh, a working dialogue going on with one another. Yeah. But yeah, they're just it's it's so divided by colors now that yeah. that it just it just breaks down everything. You just can't have you can't have the other side on here because they're wrong just for being the other side. But let's hear from the other side. And then at least that way we can come back and say, we've heard from everybody. Here's what we're going to decide. You can disagree or not, but at least you can say you've been heard. Party, uh, partisan politics is, is ruining our, our public debate. Um, wherever you are on the spectrum, if the other side says something, it's automatically wrong. Yeah. Uh, and that's whether you're an NDP supporter, then you think every whatever a conservative says is wrong. If you're a conservative member, anything Rachel Notley or or Justin Trudeau says is automatically wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how it could be done, but if we could eliminate parties and start voting for qualified and good human beings mm -hmm. to represent us, I think we'd get get further in society because it, if our leaders behave like this and, and you see it in, in question period, yep. like it's just a show oh, no and, and the sort of the one line, it's about a soundbite, right? A 10, 12 second soundbite that works, catches the eye of your supporters. Oh, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. But, but we're not accomplishing anything. And that attitude and behavior starts trickling down and we, we just, we see it everywhere. Yep. Um, being a teacher, I, I've never seen 12 and 13 year olds knowing more about what's going on, but using vulgar language about the prime minister. Mm -hmm. And so, so you talk about being put on the spot. Well, Mr. Welsh, how do you feel about Justin Trudeau? Yeah. Well, I don't know Justin Trudeau. I, I have no opinions of his personally. Yeah. That's right. I, I don't approve of many of the policies he has, yep. but 
like I wouldn't, I would never swear. There's got to be some respect for the position. Yeah. And, and whether we like it in Alberta or not, he got elected. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I also think this, uh, maybe this is just cause I just don't know anything, but <laughs> I feel like ever since I, I believe, uh, prime minister Trudeau was first elected in 2015 as prime minister. I think so. Yeah. Around the same time, I think as, as Miss Notley. Yep. But, but the dialogue and the anger and the hatred on both sides, I don't remember it being like that prior to those elections. And I'm not placing blame on them. Yeah. I'm just, something happened in society where, I mean, uh, I was joking before we started, like mm -hmm. if, if I wasn't elected, I'd get off Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Cause it is an, it's an angry place. Yeah. Twitter is the same thing. I just, I have a bad Twitter addiction, so I can't get off it. But, <laughs> but social media, it's, it. Yeah. No matter what you believe in, you can find it. And, and it gives people a voice without actually having to go out and say it to people. And, um, anyway, it, uh, yeah. it's a real mess. Oh yeah. No, we, we, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's social media, but it just seems like, yeah, we've, we've lost the ability to, to have, uh, a thoughtful extended dialogue yeah. without, without feeling like the other person's the enemy. Yeah. Like personally, we, yeah, I think, I think there's larger issues, but it, it, it seems like we're at the point where if I disagree with your ideas, uh, I've devalued you as a person. hundred yeah, percent agree. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think there's larger issues that tie into that where we've, we've, we've connected those criticisms of, of people's thoughts and, and positions and, and yet people have tied it so closely to who they are yeah. that, that. You, there's, if that if that has if that's what's happened, then yeah, I can understand it because then there's no way I can disagree with you and we still be friends yeah. because in disagreeing with you, I've disagreed with who you are as a person. Yeah. And, and if, if if that's the if that's how you're viewing it, then yeah, I, we we can't yeah. have that conversation. Yeah. But that seems to be kind of what's gone on that that we we've and we've just kind of consolidated all our thoughts into these like little snippets, and so not only not only can we not not only are we tying our thoughts to our identity, but we we've we've so truncated our, our our thinking to just these these little blurbs that there's no way we could actually kind of break out from and, and actually interact and dialogue on an extended level. Um, why, yeah. why why can't we just get rid of the the color, the flag, the party? Let's take a pragmatic approach. If it's a good idea for the majority of people. Who cares if it's from there or there? If it's going to benefit society, the majority of society, who cares? And and town councils have to work like this. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it's any secret, but I'm a pretty conservative-minded person and a, and a fiscal hawk. That is my approach at the council table. But I don't hold it against anyone else, personally, if, if they've got a different view. Yeah. I've got to work with these people for four more years. We've got to represent Penhold. Yeah. But, but you see this even like to say it doesn't happen in municipal politics. That's not true either. No, uh, I nope. mean, uh, big cities, Calgary, I think is the last term in Calgary was the best example. Yeah. Uh, a pretty conservative counselor who basically became anti everything. The mayor was, was leading. Well, that, that doesn't really go anywhere either. And yeah. lo and behold, he didn't win in a campaign for mayor. Yeah. So, 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 so let's tie that into kind of all this public dissension within the United Conservative Party. Um, 
and and you know the the pundits and the people on the left and the political scientists are saying that this is all bad because um, it is fracturing up the United Conservatives and and you know they're they're not going to be ready for the NDP uh, who are who are remain, remaining united and 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 you know and then there's so many polls though even recently though but most of the polls up until now show the the UCP trailing in in in, in, in the in the overall provincial polls. Um, but is this dissension? Uh, and this and this this ability to speak out in this manner just is and, and make it so boldly like here's a quote from 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 brian jean on the night he was elected he says jason i hope you see what's coming and i hope you do the right thing the thing is to resign while the party's still together the party needs to stay together and to unify we need him to go like that's that's a blunt that's a, that's yeah. almost a, like that that bluntness is so bizarre in a political realm yeah. um, and yet the we see, we've seen this over the last two in the last two years particularly a lot of MLAs feeling the freedom to finally speak out like this and yeah some of them have been yeah. have been axed from from caucus and now say independence um, but is this is this should we be actually welcoming this kind of open dialogue like this is this towards kind of a, a non-party based or at least or at least not in a, such a lockdown method because not especially, forced to tote the party line yeah or a leader leader's line especially at yeah, the federal the level but even in even in the, in the provincial level like you follow the premier's dictates like this is this yeah. is this is the here's your talking points now go out and say don't, them. don't question the leader yeah <laughs> or at least pu especially publicly not publicly yeah and that's why i find it interesting because they they did remove two um previously yeah. but now you've got brian jean who's basically doing the same thing but far more publicly about uh, public about it yeah and campaigned about it. And, and, and his victory yeah, speech is, is saying, <laughs> you know, all the, all of these things. Um, but I don't think Premier Kenny can can do anything about Brian Jean like that right now. Uh, it would do him far more harm. He's got way too much backing, way too much support yeah. at this point, especially with such a landslide victory. It's one thing to oust a, a lesser known, less public figure. But somebody like Brian Jean with a massive landslide victory like that, it's, it's ousting such a massive part of your the, party. The the key will be uh, whatever happens um, April 9th or mm -hmm. whenever the results end up being yeah. come out, um, uh, whether it's Premier Kenny or or whoever. Because yeah, actually, Brian Jean is, could not technically be the leader right now. He's not uh, sworn right? <laughs> if, the, if the Premier was to step aside, then there'd have to be another leadership race yeah. for the whole yeah. party. Uh, no secret, Brian Jean would run for that. But I'm sure there would be others. Who yeah. that would be? Who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, but the party has to unite because there is a provincial election, you know, 12, 13 months or whatever. Yeah, like sometime, we're, we're, sometime we're within next a year, year right? Yeah, sometime so, next year. Um, you, you've got to be able to put together uh, a party and candidates and a platform that's going to resonate with Alberta's. And up until, and I think it was just yesterday or the day before, every poll shows that the UCP are so far behind and polls show that whether it's Premier Kenny or Brian Jean or someone else, the chances of winning right now do not look very good. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's got to be healing. Um, and because whether you're a Jason Kenny supporter or who, Brian Jean, uh, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. Yep. Um, and it's not going to be easy either way. Nope. If Kenny stays nope. in, there's a bunch of MLAs already talking that they're they're out, they're yep. walking. And so then you've got a split party and you've got to try to recover from it 
or if you go the other direction, like you say, we're, we're back to a leadership race and we're, we're almost starting from the ground and trying to build the party from there. So regardless, it's not going to be easy. And, and I don't know, it, it appears to me that conservatives are really bad at this. We, and I, I think the federal side is seeing it right now too. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they one, one candidate has on. attack ads, you know, a day before another candidate has declared his candidacy. <laughs> we, we beat each other up. We conservatives beat each other up when really we should be selling ourselves as the person to beat prime minister Trudeau or, or to beat Miss Notley or whatever's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Why, why do we have to beat each other up and attack dog each other and <laughs> rip each other to shreds? Because it divides the party, it divides the members, it divides it, it divides everybody. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so as as we, as we start to wrap up, how do you, how would you? What are some ways that you think would change the way that politics is done, particularly at the provincial and federal level? Like, I, I completely agree. There there is just this snap reaction that whatever the other side says is automatically wrong. I don't even I don't have to. Uh, it doesn't matter what they say, yeah. um, and yet. The guy next to me on my side could say this exact same thing and I'll go along with it. Um, so do you, do you think that the parties themselves have to disappear or is there another solution, perhaps, you know, less, less power at the top of each of these parties? Like what, what would you like to see changed that would kind of allow these legislature, legislatures and parliaments to actually function in a, in a more compromising is not quite the right word, but in a more collegial manner, like I don't, I don't mind a good yeah. debate. I, yeah. In fact, I want a good, honest yeah. debate, but when I, when I tune in, I don't see a debate. I see, I see a movie or a show, yeah. Yeah. a sitcom in many cases. Yeah. Um, Children on a playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so like, is, is there something, is there something that, the, that we can change kind of in the system or are we just going to, or does this this have to play out and just you know something has to break first? What you know? What's what's I, your? I mean, that could be it. I mean, it's got to get so bad that something breaks and then everybody has to sort of start again. But but what I would say, and and this is the hard part, because if you have parties, people have something behind them, whether it's UCP or an orange flag or a red flag, whatever it is. Uh, but it starts for me at the local level. We've got to vote for good people. Who is the best person to represent? you or the area. Uh, yeah. and then within the party and, and my, so my understanding would be like, I, I would say free votes. Mm. Um, I, if I was the MLA, I should be able to vote with what the constituents want. Now I think behind closed doors, there's opportunities for MLAs to speak their mind. And then they're kind of, I don't want to call it consensus, but this is the way we're going to go. So this is how you're going to vote. I, I get all that, but why do we have to have it that way? Why, why is that the process or the structure of how it works? You think, yeah, you think if, if you are part of the conservatives, even if they're on a completely free vote where, uh, where, you know, your vote is not being directed or dictated by the, the, the higher ups in the party, um, you would think that you would be able to be relied upon to vote conservatively most of the time yeah. and yet still in a free way. Yeah. Um, and so you 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 would allow that autonomy while still getting probably ninety percent of what you as a leader of that party would want, anyways. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's uh, a, a good direction to move in, having more free votes and just better people. 
um, and, and not, I'm not saying there's bad people. I mean, everyone's got issues and we've all sinned and whatever, but, yeah. um, but how many people just vote based on the, the party, the that, UCP, the, like, the CPC, so the many NDP. people will look at the flag yep. and see that it is a blue or a blue sign. Yep. And that's the name that I need to find on the ballot. They don't care who that person is. They're voting for that party. And so you, you're not voting on a, a reliable representative for your area. And, and our, our, both our federal constituency and our provincial constituency, prime example, um, you know, uh, if you have the UCP behind your name, you're going to be the MLA. Yeah. And yeah, if, the, you, the, if, the if you have CPC, there, yeah. you're going to, you're going ha- to be the, the MP. Um, and that's not to discredit anybody who's ever been a, a MLA or, a, or an MP in the area, but I mean, you win a nomination you're, you're very, very likely like 98%, 99% (laughs) chance you're going to, you're going to be in an elected office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I, I, uh, free votes and, and yeah, at the grassroots level, you know, it might, it it requires, and the way, the way that it's set up now where, yeah, the, you know, the nomination for the UCP is going to be voted in. If if we want to see the change at parliament or in, in parliament or in, in the legislature, it's going to be incumbent upon us as citizens to change that, and and uh, or at least really send a strong message that things have to change. And that might mean you know getting involved even at the party level, which I think a lot of most people aren't, but you have to get involved at the party level, and and perhaps unseat some of these uh, long long held positions like. Like when we started with term limits, it's just it, the internal party politics is just another whole realm of, yeah. of of things. But that's where perhaps you have to get involved. You have to start the change at that level uh, in order to see the change at the bigger level. And yeah, and, and hopefully little things like this, yeah. being able to have these these open dialogues, um, will will help facilitate some of that conversation just uh, uh, amongst amongst neighbors and and friends. Like yeah, like it's got to the point where it's not just a legislature. We even even now and then social media just exaggerates it, mm-hmm. where you know if I know my my friend votes NDP, I, I'm I don't really want to talk to that person. That's like that's 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 that gets into the mindset. Maybe not even maybe not as much as it does in the, in the states, but yeah, I think I think it's not foreign to the Canadian mindset either. And I, I think you made a good point about like just people getting involved. Uh, you know, that to me, that's where it would really start is because it's, it's one thing to elect different people or the best human being or most qualified, whatever qualified would mean in politics. But we need people to go in and change the way the system works. And that's the volunteer and that's the buying your membership of whichever party you sort of believe in or the views you believe in and going to these meetings and changing you know, the, the rules for nominations or for leadership or, you know, to have a say as Albertans for sure. And probably as Canadians, I mean, most of us do not belong to a, to a political party, uh, formally by buying a, what, $10, $15 membership, whatever it is. Um, and, and that just, it's going to carry on to what we're going to see at April 9th, where, because it's only UCP members, I mean, I don't know. I read, I think Don Braid put out a stat today, like he's, he's hearing over 10,000 members might show up in Red Yeah, Road. I think officially right now it's at 8,000, but yeah, yeah. they're expecting. Right, so growing. I mean, even that, like 10,000 people to decide who 
whether we approve of the premier or not. Yeah. Like, that's really not that many out of Ten, four th- point yeah. some million. <laughs> 10,000 is a drop right? in the bucket. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much, how much more valuable their vote is at the party level, especially in these yeah. kind of automatic yeah. uh, uh, districts um, that, you know, your vote for who gets nominated as the UCP is basically is, is, is much more, uh, is much more heavily weighted than than your vote at the at, in the general election. Yeah, for sure it is. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend people getting involved at the at the at the provincial or at at the party level. Um, maybe shift some of these old guards out of out of positions if need be. Send that message that no, we 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 didn't send you there to be a blue politician. We sent you there to work on behalf of the people um, and go wherever the good ideas are. Um, have a have a healthy vigorous debate that's that's not not what we're arguing against um but have a genuine good faith debate with with the opposite side and let's let's you know in in my in in kind of the idealistic world let's let's move in that direction towards the best idea that we can 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 work together with um but yeah so on on that note uh yeah and says if you if you are wanting to get involved in the um leadership vote uh the, so you have to register as a, as a UCP member. So that's only 10 bucks. You know, all you have to do is go online and, and put in your information. Uh, you don't even have to essentially vote UCP. You just, it's just, yep. anyway, it's, it's open for anybody. Yep. Um, I think it's what, 10 bucks? 10 bucks. 10 bucks to yep. get in. And then I think though, there is a fee yeah. for the, for this leadership vote. I think it was like, uh, was a hundred bucks or something so like I, that? I don't know. Or has the, it gone up from that? I don't know if the first deadline's passed yet, but yeah. so it's a $10 membership and then the early bird would have been 99 bucks. Yeah. So 110 bucks. If we've missed a deadline now, it's, uh, I think 150, uh, to register to vote. Yeah. Um, and that goes, there's a date for that too. And then I think you could actually just show up the day of, but it's going to cost you two fifty. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, it, if we're yeah. not past the early bird and people are interested, like I would strongly recommend get your membership and, and do the early bird because yeah. the price goes up significantly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. get, get in yeah. early. So yeah, the, the first cutoff though, you have to get signed up with the UCP yeah. by Saturday. So by the day this is released, uh, you have to be signed up, uh, and then get, get registered, signed up for the leadership vote, um, for on, uh, April 9th, um, do those and get your vote in and have a say on, on what you think the, uh, how the leader Jason Kenny has done, whether you want him to keep in position or, or, or may send the message that things have to change. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's just the first step, uh, to, to perhaps get involved and, and changing the, the whole environment, the culture behind, uh, the, what we're seeing at the, at these, uh, political level or at these higher political levels. But I hope, hopefully the conversations like this, um, spur people on to get more involved in it, to cross party lines and conversations, to, to engage, um, in, in good faith conversations. And, 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 you know, over time, maybe we'll find, uh, some NDP leftist <laughs> politician to come on the show. Um, but until then, you know, uh, we were grateful that, uh, that you're able to spend some time, uh, to, to come chat with us. Um, you weren't afraid to, to dive into some of these, these yeah, politics. No. <laughs> it was fun. Thanks for having me. No, I, yeah, I appreciate again some of that, that backstory. That, that, was, that was great, um, and hopefully we can uh, we can set up that uh, Flames Leaf Stanley Cup final. 
Oh, well, you keep dreaming. <laughs> Flame someone's Stanley Cup final for sure. Uh, all right. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll put a pin in that, and soon we'll come back to that. Um, but thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so uh, to everyone for for listening along. Uh, I hope this was uh, entertaining and educational for you. Uh, until next time, my name is Brian Constein. And I'm Michael Rowland. And this has been Penhold Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.